Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome again to another edition of the EKN Debrief. This is episode 71 here on the EKN Radio Network. It's Wednesday, October the 21st, 2020. And of course, the event in question, David Cole just getting back from the finale of the United States Pro Kart Series, the Carolina Grand Prix at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. It was uh, it was a tremendous weekend. David's going to kind of go through everything throughout uh, this podcast and talk about the drivers who were able to work their way to the championships, whatever it may be. Bottom line is uh, record numbers. We'll talk more about that as well at the USPKS to cap things off. Just a lot of momentum to finish off the 2020 season. This week's show presented by MG Tires. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. MG Tires are the official spec tire for the United States Pro Card Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Carding Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the soft SM Yellow, the super soft green SS, or the intermediate white IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. MG Tires for the drivers. So again, folks, welcome to episode 71 of the ECAN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined as always by David Cole and, and DC. Uh, coming back from the United States Pro Kart Series and in chatting with you since we did this, uh, since you got back, it's Wednesday right now, uh, chatting with you yesterday. Man, sounds like a lot of excitement and, and just a lot of a lot of happy people down there at that event at, at GoPro. A record-breaking event. <clears throat> really is what uh, kind of the highlight of the actual event itself, uh, boosting the the highest entry total ever in the eight year history. So really, uh, you know, that was kind of the uh, the emphasis going in. Obviously, it being a, a, the final round and championships on the line, but uh, that was really the the high point uh, going in and, and leaving the event, uh, filling up that uh, GoPro Motorplex uh, paddock in Mooresville, North Carolina. There. <laughs> I bet. Uh, you know, they're definitely going to have to, if they want to host any larger events, they're, uh, going to have to look at, um, the way pits, pits are laid out, um, and the extension of, uh, you know, behind that, uh, behind their, uh, their shop there and lots of, yeah. lots of different ways to kind of make sure that everybody can fit in there because, uh, it was a record breaking weekend. Yeah, 223 total entries, breaking the past record of 218. That's almost getting to critical mass, right, David? We haven't seen that many races. Really, what, I think Scusa Pro Tour at one point, a little bit over 250. I know you have the numbers there somewhere. But really, that 225 to 250 marks, really what we've seen as, as the, the, the top numbers in a national program. Although still, with seven categories on the docket, you know, you can go through the numbers in a second. But three, uh, f- five of the categories over 30 one over 40, and the other two were 20 and up. So there's still room for growth that could put them up to the 250 mark next year. And that's just it. There's plenty of room for growth within the categories they already have without having to add uh, another category to grow as a series. So that's uh, that's the positive outlook at it. So, But yet you're right. Um, you know, Newcastle is a facility that can host uh, events like that. We know Phoenix, but that's a little bit far, far away from the uh, a little, quite, a little far from the base of the United States Pro Car Series. But we're talking facilities like that. You know, um, I believe Homestead has the ability. I'm not. I have never been there, so I'm not quite sure. Well, you can just I, keep. I, you can I, just keep going back in Homestead. There's yeah. tons of room. At Homestead. So it, you know, Ocala is 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 getting to that point. You know, where it's it's you know we I believe during the winter tour days and the early days of that. You know, there were some major events there. So, uh, obviously, facilities that have big paddocks. Road America is another one as well, too, uh, where there's a large enough paddock 
to accommodate uh, the numbers that, that, that we have uh, for the United States Pro Kart Series. Uh, let's have a look, David. Uh, well, obviously, one of the key programs talking about GoPro, it was rounds five and six of the six-round championship. And I think one of the key things, and I like it, is all six rounds counted uh, to the championship this year. Yeah, that's what they did uh, when the program went from four events to three events in 2018. They decided to count all six main or all six days, all six rounds of racing. Uh, so it really puts an emphasis on being consistent throughout the year. You know, it's not the, Oh, we had a bad day. We can just, we can just forget about it. No, you got to come back and, and either bounce back from it or, uh, you know, kind of be stuck where you are because of, because of that one bad outing. So, uh, it really, it really, uh, promotes, uh, consistent results over the six rounds of racing. Uh, give us a little overview of the event itself. Normally the finale of the USPKS is in mid July, <laughs> this time mid October, down in North Carolina. I have to believe the weather, of course, quite a bit different. What was the weather like down there uh, throughout the weekend? And, and overall, if you look at the racing, was it clean? How did things go red flag-wise? <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, my throat's just bugging me right now. Um, the weather-wise, yeah, it was obviously the first event ever for the program to be in October. So weather was a bit different than what we're used to. Uh, it was more similar to like an April event uh, at GoPro where we've been, where the series actually began in uh, April of 2013 uh, at GoPro Motorplex. So it was a little bit similar to that to where it was colder temperatures in the morning. I mean, you're talking 40 degrees, 44 degrees around that time when uh, when warm up began at eight o'clock in the morning. The good thing about it was is the sun was out all day long. So as soon as you got up, the sun came out, clear skies, bright blue skies out. Um, so eventually it warmed up throughout the day, but again, it took time to get up into the, uh, the 60 degree mark, uh, essentially by the time the main event started is about when you're like, okay, maybe I can take this jacket off. But, uh, yeah, so it was a bit, uh, a bit chaotic in the morning with the colder temperatures, um, on race tracks or track on track. The, uh, the action was pretty good for, uh, normal starts, you know, pushback bumpers still doing its job through the starts. So. You know, you talk about the big fields, you didn't get the uh, the chaos that ensues typically when you have a, a large field uh, in a different category. So so that uh, that was pretty good uh, in terms of that. We did have some red flags, though, on the weekend, uh, two on Saturday. Uh, no major issues in those. One was in K100 Senior main event. The other one in the mini Swift category. That was just kind of too many carts and not enough time to uh, to get them off the racetrack. Oh, okay. Um, yep. The, the, the K one was a little bit scary, uh, as two carts, two female drivers got together and went up into, uh, the fence at the end of the back straightaway. But, uh, thankfully they were all able to, uh, to kind of walk away, but the carts were not. So, uh, that was only a downside of that. Uh, the scary incident happened in, in the warm up for X 30 pro Sunday morning. Again, we're talking colder temperatures. So it took a little bit for the, uh, for the MG yellow tires to kind of come up to temperature, but there was an issue with water getting dumped on the racetrack coming uh, as you bend the, to the racetrack. You have the uh, the tight left hander where they have where we had our slow mo camera uh, where there's a lot of runoff room with with rumble strips and the and the jumps and everything like that. A uh, what we think is maybe a water pump began leaking water from that exit point through the left hand kink and then down towards the hairpin. Well. You know, as we talk about 44 degrees, the track is probably 
close to freezing temperatures. You know, it, it's super close to that. And once the yeah, water, it's, hold, it's holding the cold in from the night. Yeah. Right? So once the water got dropped down, I mean, it was like literal ice. And I think we had anywhere between 10 and 12 drivers smash into uh, the wall that was sitting right there. And unfortunately, there's a light pole that is there surrounded by walls. But with all the carts coming through and pushing everything away, wet grass, you know, damp track, cold tires, uh, it pushed all those barriers away after, you know, five, six carts came through. Unfortunately, one of the last carts to come through was Cade Downs, and he actually hit the light pole uh, mm-hmm. with the cart um, and I believe with with his body as well. Uh, he suffered a, a, a major concussion uh, and a broken rib, was actually knocked out for a little bit there, uh, was le- was resting on the exhaust. So uh, it was a little bit of a scary moment. Uh, thankfully, it was able to come to you and, and medical personnel along with race officials. I was there myself as well, kind of helped keep him calm and, and, and relaxed as he came to you and kind of made sure, you know, there were no major injuries with either his head or his neck or, or anything else. And, you know, thankfully we had um, Ari Dumejian's dad, who is a neurosurgeon. Uh, he was there on site, on site as well. So, uh, so he was able to, uh, to kind of examine him before, uh, you know, he was able to, uh, to get up and he kind of came to, we, you know, the officials and everybody took their time uh, getting him up out of the cart letting him kind of, you know, come out of the, uh, the haze that he was in. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it was just, you know, wow. a, a rare incident that, you know, just kind of happened and, and, uh, just something you, you can't really, there's nothing you could have done to, to prevent it, especially with, uh, with the, with the, the, all the different factors that came into it. Well, man, I'm g- glad to hear that. Uh, and I think th- what's, what's the update is, do you have an update on, on Kate at this point? I, I think I, I read that he, he yeah, did concussion just, and broken there, rib. Yep. That, but but he's okay. All right, that's good. That's good. Yeah, know. it was. Good he's back home. Um, yeah, okay, they great. obviously went to the hospital to get uh, yep. to checked out and uh, and came up with the uh, that medical uh, results. Diagnosis. And, yeah, diagnosis. And uh, yeah, so he's back home. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him uh, on the racetrack soon again. Yeah, we'll send our best from everybody here at EK and to Cade. Um, so let's, David. Let's before we go to our first break, uh, let's have a look at the numbers themselves. You know, we we said that record numbers, two hundred and twenty three total. What did the breakdown look like? It seems to me, in in some of the notes I have from you and from from what happened, top class is pretty much the same in terms of X thirty junior, X thirty pro, and K one hundred senior, all right around you know thirty eight to forty two. That's those are great numbers uh, for any of these top level categories. Yeah, as you said, the minimum was 20 entries in a category. That was X30 Masters who was actually able to get into the 20 mark uh, with one more than what they had at Newcastle at to begin out the season. Um, so it was good to see that. We saw an increase in Micro Swift. We saw an increase in X30 Junior. Almost to the 40 mark, we had 39 drivers in that. Um, and again, 42 was the highest with K100 Senior. So really across the board, you know, massive numbers. Uh, a good average for the entire 2020 season across the board. Essentially, what we saw uh, at Newcastle and GoPro, we essentially saw at Road America, obviously a little bit down from that, uh, probably about 50 down from that just because it was the middle of the year. Uh, and again, GoPro and Newcastle, they have locals. They have locals that come out and uh, and help pad those numbers. Uh, there are many, many locals in the excuse me, in the micro and mini, and then obviously in the junior categories as well too. So, uh, you know, good numbers all around. And and we're hoping to see those numbers continue to trend 
that way in 2021, especially when they go to four events. Yeah, just good, really solid to have a strong uh, kind of East Coast program like the USPKS has developed. Great for the series, great for the industry and the, the chops and teams that support it. Of course, great for racers. Man, you, everybody wants to race against big fields. And it was great to see that down at GoPro. Again, folks, episode 71 of the EKN Debrief. Uh, David Cole giving us the full breakdown of the final round of the United States Pro Kart Series event from GoPro Motorplex. We come back after this break. David Cole will give us a little breakdown in the Paddock Pass. Experience and passion. That's what led to the launch of Amax Racing. Owner Charles Maxwell began Amax Racing in 2015, expanding the operation in 2019 with a focus on driver development for drivers of all age groups and backgrounds. From top-level drivers to grassroots racers or families looking for a team that will help them achieve their goals, AMAX Racing can guide you with the absolute best trackside service at affordable prices. No matter the chassis, AMAX Racing welcomes you and has the experience to put you on the top of the podium. You can join the AMAX Racing family at the WK Manufacturers Cup Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, and local events around the Indianapolis area. The operation is also set to compete at the Rock the Rio and Scusa Super Nationals later this season. For more information, contact them at 317-437-5886 or find them on Facebook. Amax Racing, all of your karting needs under 110. Looking for that extra edge? Comet Racing Engines is your answer. The engine service program from Comet Kart Sales has been winning from coast to coast at all levels and different forms of the sport. Lead engine builders Mark Harrison and Gary Lawson have decades of karting experience, providing racers the power to reach the top step of the podium. Comet Racing Engines continually perform track and dyno tests to provide their customers with the cutting edge in engine performance. Comet specializes in Yamaha KT100, IAMI Swift, IAMI X30, IAMI Leopard, and Rock Engines. Trackside and customer support are the cornerstones of the Comet Racing Engines business, ensuring each and every customer receives personal attention and the help they need to achieve the best results. Engine rentals are available at all the events that Comet attends in 2018, including WKA, SCUSA, USPKS, and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Contact the Comet team today at CometCartsales.com or by calling 317-462-3413. If you're looking to step up your engine program, send it to Comet Racing Engines. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name's Rob Howden. I'll uh, kind of quarterback this, but David Cole doing the heavy lifting here as he was trackside at the USPKS finale at GoPro Motorplex, the Carolina Grand Prix in Mooresville, the finale for the series. Moving into the paddock pass right now, David will give us some uh, insight on the event itself and stuff that he had working his way around the paddock. This edition of the paddock pass presented by Crosslink Competition. Are you searching for a program to elevate you in the motorsports ladder? Crosslink Competition is your next step. Team Crosslink offers driver development along with arrive and drive programs for carters wanting to contend at the national level. 
For drivers interested in making the jump from karting to cars, Crosslink Competition also provides a direct ladder for you to join their open-wheel formula car program in the F4 uh, U.S. Championship. The Texas-based operation is also a full retail kart shop for the Xpre chassis and OTK kart parts. Visit them at teamcrosslink.com. All right, David, let's jump into the paddock pass here right now. Give us some information on uh, what you picked up. Uh, maybe work in the paddock. You know, what are the feel? What's going on? What's the talk? What happened uh, in the paddock down at Mournsville? Well, as we said at the beginning, uh, you know, the event was record-breaking with the uh, uh, the eighth straight year going to the GoPro Motorplex and in the eight-year history uh, for the series. But this one was, was the it? largest. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Was that a talking point? Obviously, you know, you and I, it's it's big for you and I, I'm sure Mark Coates and everybody, but were people chatting about the fact that that that, uh, that they broke the record? Well, yeah, I mean, really is what it, that's what it, I mean, that it was huge because, uh, you know, with Super Nats not coming around, uh, you know, people, you know, that was the kind of the idea is like, why are the numbers so big? So it's kind of, you know, well, you know, this, this series has been doing well. Um Super Nats isn't going, so maybe more people came to the event than what were originally scheduled to. Uh, you know, rather than you know heading out to Vegas, they had the opportunity to go to GoPro. Uh, yeah. You know, just it's you know you know, especially in the season that we are in, like that's that's essentially what the, the talk is in terms of numbers. It's like, yeah, we have COVID nineteen going on, but you know, karting has been massive all ever since you know really things got going again in June. It really has. And, yeah, and right. that's kind of, you know, the, the, the shock of man, how, you know, it's, it's great to see these numbers growing because, uh, you know, it says the industry is doing well. Um, it says that people are interested in the sport and it's saying that the USPKS program is doing what they want racers, you know, what the racers want. And, and so, you know, the only way to, uh, compliment what, what they're doing is by bringing more people, you know, the teams are coming in, um, you know, there's talk about, you know, PSL carding coming in, uh, in 2021. So that's going to even add to the, uh, the number of teams that are already there. <clears throat> but again, that's the great thing about the USPKS program is there's still about, you know, drivers out of the back of the pickups or, or just, you know, father and son in the trailer or, you know, as like the Carapoletti brothers, they're, they're working out of their easy ups, you know? So it's, it still has that, you know, it doesn't have that, uh, kind of like this is it pressure. It's just still has that fun atmosphere, uh, type mentality, uh, when you, when you're in the paddock. But, uh, so, I mean, obviously the numbers, when you see all the numbers and the way the paddock was filled and, and so that was, that was a, a major talking point when talking to a lot of people Friday. Well, you know, David, I, I actually, the crazy thing is because you, you've been kind of the guy that's gone to these USPKS races as far as I don't think I've been to one yet, but you always talk about the culture there too. You know, when you're cruising around the paddock afterwards, whether guys are playing cornhole or whatever it may be, basketball kind of pickup games, just, it seems like there's always been a really good vibe, a really good culture within the paddock for the USPKS. Yeah. This year's a little different, obviously with COVID-19, yeah. there's not a lot <laughs> of uh, mingling between uh, other teams, you know, a few drivers or, or mechanics going here and there, but other than that, uh, yeah, this year's not been the, the typical type of, uh, uh, atmosphere that you would typically see at US, USPKS. So, you know, hopefully we get through this COVID-19 pandemic and, and next year is a little bit more open, uh, to where we do see that, that type of atmosphere. But again, it's just, you know, there's just not that sense, you know, that, that, 
that something hanging over you of, you know, I got to do good or, or, you know, just just the pressure or, you know, something like that. So it seems like part of it's part of it's still the experience of just going there, right? Not the pressure of, of, of performing. It's just, we're at the racetrack. You know, I think that's what it boils down to is, is we're at the racetrack. We're here to do well. We're here to do good. We're here to have fun. So, uh, I think that's just kind of the, uh, the overall atmosphere when, when you're in the paddock, I mean, it's still, it's still, uh, pretty, pretty intense when you go, when you're talking about competitive level, uh, you know, we'll get into it when we talk about some of the categories and, and how intense some of the racing was and, and so it still has that intense factor on track, but you know, it's still, you know, a pretty, pretty subtle vibe, uh, in the paddock. It feels to me a little bit when you're, when you bring up the whole COVID thing that, you know, with the pandemic, with the shutdown, with, with people having to quarantine for a certain amount of time, just the thought of people who are racers, maybe go once they were able to get back out and racing, maybe they took it for granted over the last couple of years, how lucky we are to do what we do, to be outside, to be among the community, whatever it may be. And I, and I just, and everybody I talk to, and David, hear you talking about the USPKS, and, and it just feels like, you know, people are going racing again. They're getting out and going racing because it's something that we're allowed to do, the freedom to be able to go out and race. I just think that people kind of embrace that. Carter's really said, you know what? We're super lucky to be able to do what we do, and we're going to get out and do it. And I think that's, we've seen that, and I've heard that kind of vibe from coast to coast. Yeah, it's not just USPKS. It's just the sport in general, really. Yeah. All right, let's talk. Uh, what, what about 2021? Obviously, you're at the finale um, you know, the, the, the dates getting released by USPKS, uh, chatter about that in the paddock as well. Yeah. Talking about obviously because the last two, three seasons have been only three events. So obviously the talk is, you know, the expansion and, and where the finale is going to be, uh, USPKS announced the 2021 schedule going with Ocala in March, uh, Newcastle between, uh, the last weekend of April, beginning weekend of May, along with going back to road America this time in the middle of July. Um, so, and then adding a fourth event, uh, now in October. So it'll be the second straight year that the series ends in October. So just kind of speculation and talk about where it's going to be, uh, you know, GoPro is certainly on the list as well, but, uh, you know, they're still looking at, uh, at possibly going to other racetracks as well too. Interesting. Uh, anything else in the paddock that stood out for you? Uh, well, overall, I think the uh, there was with the colder temperatures and something we experienced at Road America was the oil. Uh, the ceramic oil was something that uh, kind of caught people off guard a little bit at Road America, not being able to mix well with the VP fuel. Um, they added the Redline oil as a alternative oil for the GoPro weekend. Unfortunately, I heard the Redline oil was not in stock anywhere. Or people did not plan accordingly, as we've seen with rain tires, to where they would bring <laughs> they would bring enough oil that they need for their race team or for themselves, and and so they ended up adding a third alternative uh, oil, adding the mole tool due to a shortage in the redline um, oil. So it was a little interesting. You walk down the grid, you saw some fuel tanks that had a blue color, you saw some with a red color. It was a little different because you typically see the same fuel color for everybody. Yeah. So this year, yeah. you know, this this race with with multiple different uh, oils allowed, um, it was a little bit different. So we'll see what uh, what the series does for 2021. I know they had a deal with ceramic. Uh, I'm not quite sure if it was a multiple year or if it was just for 2020. Uh, and then see what they can do about uh, how the oil mixed with the uh, with the VP fuel and 
and uh, and and saw the uh, the gumming up that we saw in the colder temperatures. All right. Anything else for the paddock pass, or are we going to call call that a wrap? Yeah, that's a wrap. Uh, you know, like as we said, we talk about uh, how 2020 went. Uh, things are looking forward for 2021, and again, you know, just really. The only thing that, uh, you know, people were talking about or was an issue that uh, that was going on was the oil. Yeah. Okay. All right, folks, when we get back after this uh, second break in the action, it's time to start talking race reports. David's going to give us his overview of the X30 Pro class uh, and the X30 Junior class. So stay with us. More to come here on this edition of the EKN Debrief. All over the karting world, everyone knows. OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the US, OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xpree chassis and the new for 2020 in the US, the Red Speed and the EOS, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Scusa Pro Tour and the Scusa Winter Series and the Pro Kart Challenge, and the United States Pro Kart Series and the WK Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Xpree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK directly. Two thousand nineteen was a great year, no question. But the off season is here, and I know that your mind is already thinking about next season. We all want to get better and improve our skills and our racecraft. And maybe you're tired of missing the podium or even the championship. So what do you do? Here's what I think: take a breather from throwing money at the newest speed secret and a new chassis you don't quite need yet. Invest in yourself. Take yourself to the next level as a driver. If you want to improve your results, do what every athlete does, regardless of the sport. Get professional coaching. And in karting, there's only one choice. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, located at the state-of-the-art Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston. Alan Rudolph is a legend in our sport, and he's been a coach for over 15 years. The Alan Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for 2020 by calling 866-607-7223 or head to speedsportsracingpark.com to learn more. Back with episode 71 of the EKN Debrief, David Cole giving everyone his uh, review of the final round of the US PKS program at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville. Uh, jumping into the race report right now, we'll work our way through all seven categories. David will, uh, as always, start off with a headline, then David will kind of fill in the blanks from there. This edition of the race report presented by Atlanta Motorsports Park. In Las Vegas last November, at the Rock the Rio finale and the Scusa Super Nationals, Formula K reigned supreme, winning the headline shifter cart main events. 
Atlanta Motorsports Park is the North American importer and distributor for the Formula K and Praga chassis, and they have 2020 carts in stock to support new dealers. AMP also has previous year models and inventory available for racers who want a winning chassis at a discounted price of up to 40% off. Contact us directly for pricing and head to atlantamotorsportspark.com slash karting to learn more about Formula K, Praga, and AMP's karting program. All right, David, let's jump into X30 Pro. Of course, that the headline pro category, great numbers, as you had said. Uh, and the headline for this one, and man, this when I was when I was following throughout the weekend and you're posting session results up, up on Facebook and Twitter, and I was kind of following along, I'm like, man, this is looking big. The headline, Jarsacrack makes history with fourth straight title. Absolutely amazing for Brandy Jarsacrack. Yeah, that was a story going in. Obviously, it was him leading the championship chase going into the weekend. So it was following him uh, throughout the uh, the course of the weekend to see if he was able uh, to score that victory or score the championship. But with two rounds of racing, you never knew. You don't know exactly what's going to happen until the final checkered flag is waved. Uh, we got through Saturday's competition, and it was uh, Ryan Orberg setting fast time and qualifying. Uh, Ryan among the uh, the championship contenders going into the weekend and a also four-time champion in the Scusa Pro Tour ranks it for his own. So uh, quite interesting there to see two drivers yeah. with possibility of four championships. Uh, but again, uh, Jarzakrak turned up the wick uh, when it came to the pre-final and the final, essentially driving to a wire-to-wire victory in the main event to actually score his first victory of the 2020 season uh, in the USPKS competition. RPG drivers were really quick towards the second half of the main event and were uh, able to charge back forward, just not enough time to uh, to run down jars of crack. And what really is a long race, but again, the, the carts just didn't quite come in soon enough to be able to uh, to to chop off the uh, the lead that jars of crack had. Ryan Norberg, Ryan Norberg led that charge, ending up with the second position ahead of Jonathan Ports. They would led to uh, a group trying to run down jars of crack. Luca Mars was in that group along with uh, Road America winner Diego Conteca, uh, f- sent ending up in the fifth spot. Uh, you know, one thing we'll do throughout this broadcast, folks, and, and this edition of the debrief, you know, especially with the fields being so deep, uh, David's going to pick up a hard charger to talk about uh, for every category. David, who made the biggest moves here in X30 Pro? Yeah, with the great uh, Race Hero um, uh, app that we're able to yeah. kind of watch and see where guys are uh, able to uh, to make their way up through the field, and especially with the big numbers that we do have um, in the uh, in the in all the categories that we have at the USBKS, we uh, we we as you said, we do the hard charger, and we're able to kind of point out who was the driver to a- able to gain the most positions in uh, Saturday's main event for X30 Pro was Talon Yako coming up from 32nd to the 16th position. So points after the uh, the opening round of the weekend, Jarsic Crack with 148 point lead over uh, Pauli Massimino, Norberg back by 211. So Jarsic Crack, of course, with uh, the the pre final win and the the race win, has himself pretty much locked in. David, let's move to Sunday and give us a kind of a rundown of how things happen on the final day of action. Well, with a victory under his belt, you kind of had to think that Jarsic Crack was going to uh, keep the pace going over the next day, and he did. Ended up uh, almost scoring a complete sweep. It was uh, Brandon Lemke, though, that uh, set fast time in qualifying to kind of disrupt that. Lemke was super quick all weekend long, had an issue in qualifying on Saturday that sent him at the back of the field. He nearly drove up through the entire field uh, on Saturday to get into the top five, just came up short 
uh, on Saturday, but ended up setting fast time and qualifying on Sunday. Uh, was up front all weekend long, but uh, Jarzakrak really shined uh, once again on Sunday. This time had a little bit of a fight on his hands, though, when it came to the main event. Um, Jarzakrak led early, but was run down again by a Rolleston Performance Group driver. This time it was Hannah Greenmeyer making her first USPKS start. She was able to kind of come up and take the lead for a brief moment until Jarzakrak took over the position again. Uh, and then at the end of the race, Brandon Tyner, another RPG driver, uh, made his charge for the victory, uh, and but just came up short uh, as Jarzakrak was able to hold him off in the uh, in the final lap uh, to yeah. secure the victory. Uh, at the line, Lemke was able to get by uh, Tyner along with Hannah Greenmeyer, so they completed the podium for round six. Tyner ended up finishing fourth with Norberg sitting there in fifth. Yeah, talk about a way to put an exclamation point on your fourth straight championship, and that's win both main events, right, at the finale. <laughs> that's uh, that's impressive for Jarsa Crack. You think about it, David, and I know we'll go to the hard charger still. You talk about the money and everything, but you talk about the kind of the decade that we've had, and it's been these two drivers for the last four to five years who have really been the absolute dominant drivers, both in the Scusa Pro Tour and the USPKS, and that's Ryan Norberg and Brandon Jarsakrak, right? And them going head-to-head this year, Jarsakrak coming out on top uh, in the USPKS program, but uh, really those two drivers, really the two best tag drivers in the country over the last five years. Well, ironically, Brandon Lemke was the last driver to win a USPKS championship in the X30 Pro category, aside <laughs> from Jarzakrak. So, nice. so you know, look at going back to 2016, it's been Lemke, Jarzakrak. Uh, they've been among the uh, the top drivers in X30 Pro. Alex Bertignoli is another. Um, it was it was an interesting weekend for, and we'll talk a little bit more in K100 Junior. Uh, Ariz Dumejian, who uh, is our EKN driver, number one driver in the tag rankings, he was actually testing over in Portugal for the upcoming World Karting Championship. So he didn't arrive until Friday evening, if not Saturday morning. So he had no practice time whatsoever. And it was kind of a, uh, a catch up game for, for Dumejian all weekend long. So uh, a former winner on the year so won the opening round, and X30 Pro was among those. Uh, in the championship fight early on, uh, ended up finishing fifth in the points, but uh, just didn't, obviously scheduling conflict didn't really help him in, in that, right? So, uh, but again, so it's going to make for our uh, our driver rankings certainly interesting with uh, two big rounds of racing for Norberg and, uh, and Jarzakrak. Yeah, you're right. No doubt about that. All right, let's cap off Sunday, David, with our hard charger. Who was, who was the driver who made the biggest move? Uh, Finn Bale. Finn Bailiff was uh, able to uh, to score the hard charger of the race. Uh, Finnegan came from the 35th position up to 18th in the uh, 24 lap race. So that's one thing I don't remember. Uh, oh, I think it was 24. I remember I, we did the outlap. Was it 24 or 20? That's why I can't remember. 24 or 20? Yep, 24. So 24 laps was able to gain that many positions. So a good good run for him aboard the uh, the Trinity Karting Group Tony Kart. Hey, one thing about the USPKS that uh, Mark Coates has done, man, dropping the big money, right? Let's let's talk about the cash payout for the X30 Pro and the combined weekend because, man, that's uh, that's big dough for for a guy that uh, you like to call money. Yeah, he earned his uh, he earned his nickname again uh, <laughs> with uh, the X30 Pro category, giving away, I believe it's fifteen thousand dollars, whatever, five thousand to the winner. Uh, Jarzakrak came out, uh, as the money winner at road America 
and did so again at GoPro with his two victories on the weekend. So he earned a $5,000 paycheck. So $10,000 in two weekends is not a bad uh, uh, rake in. <laughs> no way. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> Norberg ended up finishing in second, taking home 2500 Jonathan Ports in third with 1250 Lemke, a $750 check with Hannah Greenmeyer taking home 500 for the top five in the money category. And David, a, a, a pretty solid point win for Jarsa Crack as well. Pauli Massimino, second in points, 262 backs. So all in all, as you had said before, kind of Jarsa Crack really stepping things up here at the end of the season to, to grab a hold of that title. Yeah, Massimino was quick, uh, did the double duty, but uh, I don't think it really hampered him. I just don't think he had the uh, the kind of racing luck that he had uh, earlier in the year to uh, to be in the uh, the runner up position, so it wasn't able. And obviously, with Jarza Crack scoring nearly maximum points on the weekend, very hard to compete with that. Massimino was actually one of the carts that was involved in the uh, the Sunday morning wreck. Uh, the Mike Doty Racing Team uh, essentially took another frame out of the trailer, put a put everything on the new frame, all in the matter of between warm up and qualifying, and he qualified fourth. So. Uh, First laps out on a cart, brand new cart, uh, was uh, was P4 in qualifying. So pretty good effort by Massimino, but uh, still finishing up second. But he did beat Ryan Norberg overall in the point standings with Lemke fourth. And as I said, Arias Dumejian in the fifth spot. Yeah, 25 points separating second, third, and fourth. But you, you mentioned it a little briefly talking about Pauly, but it's, that's a Mike Doty racing one, too, in the points, right? Yeah, Mike Doty won two. Uh, you got okay. a uh, Rollison Performance Group in third. Franklin Motorsports in fourth and Cart Sport North American fifth. So uh, four different yeah. teams in the top five. Let's go to X30 Junior now, folks. David will give us the breakdown from GoPro. The headline, dramatic finish to championship chase. Very dramatic. I mean, this was really the only category that we're kind of watching as the uh, as a lapse came, uh, went into the books uh, come Sunday main event. So this was... Uh, this was the one class that we were kind of watching as the uh, as they were making different positions and different passing maneuvers. And uh, but uh, it really, it all began uh, on Saturday to kind of set the stage for what happened for Sunday. Uh, Brent Cruz and Alex Stanfield trailed uh, Jace Park by just five points going into the weekend. Uh, Park ended up having a, a pretty challenging weekend. Was quick, just didn't quite get the results he wanted to, and wasn't able to challenge there for the for the championship when it came down to uh, the wire. Uh, Cruz ended up uh, setting fast time and qualifying on Saturday with Stanfield earning the pre-final win. So he got some extra points there. Uh, Cruz was actually in a wreck in the pre-final and finished, ended up finishing 20th, had his hand actually driven over, I believe, and had a, uh, a cut on his hand all weekend long. So it was kind of struggling, not really struggling, but, uh, you know, nursing that hand a little bit as the weekend went on, but, uh, still a strong performance by him all weekend long. The main event though, I tell you what, this was probably one of the best we had seen all season long when it came to X 30 junior. Uh, you know, I can't really tell you how many were involved in the lead group because it just kind of changed as the last couple of laps went on. Uh, essentially, uh, it was all decided as what we typically see at the GoPro motorplex with the, uh, in the hairpin corner, which is uh, a tight left-hander, and I drove it Monday, and it's it's not as smooth as it used to be. So it's it certainly is at one of the most challenging corners that they do have on the racetrack. Uh, but with you know probably what six seven drivers in the lead group, contact kind of ensued through the hairpin, uh, and Max Opalski was able to kind of slip through all of that, 
came out uh, as a leader, was able to hold on to the line to score his uh, his first victory, I believe first victory of the season in the category. So it was just, I mean, once once everybody crossed the line, it was like, man, that was a great race. But just so much ha- action going on, you just it's kind of hard to describe it. You just had to be there to see it. Well, the fight between uh, Stanfield and Cruz obviously kind of heating up, but Stanfield got second there, I think, right, and Cruz third. So I kind of just it kind of gap gap Stanfield a little bit going into Sunday. Yeah, obviously with the prefinal win gave him some extra points there, and then yep. screw, scoring the one more position in the final gave him a little bit more points and set up for Stanfield to lead uh, in the championship chase by forty nine points heading into uh, Sunday's menu or Sunday's action. Yeah, before you give us the rest of the top five, I guess the guy at P4, we can kind of blend this together with the naming of the hard charger because it was Alessandro Tullio, right, David, who came from the back right into the lead pack. Yeah, amazing drive. It's something we've been seeing in the junior categories and especially at the USPKS with the long uh, pre-finals and long finals, we're able to see drivers kind of negotiate their way up through the field despite you know maybe some issues in the pre-final. Uh, Alessandro Dituro uh, ended up uh, scoring a DNF, was out on lap seven in the prefinal. So essentially started dead last in the main event, started in the uh, uh, 38th position, as you said, raced his way all the way up into the lead group, was among those drivers uh, jostling for position in the hairpin corner, just came out short, uh, ended up finishing in the fourth position. John Burke, another driver we've seen do a lot of drive uh, from behind, and we'll talk about another one later on in in, in the broadcast. But uh, John Burke ended up finishing in fifth. And Dave, you know the headline, as you said, dramatic finish to championship chase. Stanfield leads Cruz by forty nine points heading into Sunday, and by then Cruz comes out and does what what Brent does, qualifies on pole and, and wins the pre final. Man, the 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 pressure for the final must have been an all time high. Yeah, essentially, uh, you get ten points for the uh, for for the fast time, so that knocked the advantage down to uh, to thirty nine points. And I want to say Stanfield was second in the prefinal. I'm looking that up right now. Uh, yeah, it was second in the prefinal. So so Cruz gained just essentially five more points uh, on that. So gained fifteen points in those first two sessions. So made it you know essentially a uh, a thirty point swing depending on where they finished uh, in the main event. So this was really yep. the one category we are kind of watching and that we saw a, a very tight uh, points chase going into the main event. Uh, and as you said, Cruz started on the main event in the pole position. Uh, essentially, again, another wild race where multiple lead changes took place. Um, some drivers in the lead pack, they get shuffled back. They regain the pack again. Uh, so it was kind of just another race all over the place. Uh, but to sum it up, Cruz led with two laps to go in the race. Uh, as him leading gave him the championship lead over where Stanfield was running at the time. <laughs> with two laps to go, he got shuffled back. Uh, Alessandro Dituro got through, got around him, and then brought a pack of drivers with him as well. And I think that dropped Cruz all the way down to seventh. And the key point was falling behind Stanfield, thus losing all the points he had to win the championship were now gone and had to find try and claw his way back. Unfortunately, wasn't able to. On track, though, Dituro was able to hold on through the final two laps of the race to score his first victory uh, on the season in the category. Saturday's winner, Max Opolsky, ended up finishing in second with Thomas Nunziata in third. 
Alex Samfield ended up finding his way up into the fourth position with John Perk in fifth. We'll talk a little bit more about Perk, but then Cruz ended up finishing in the sixth position, get not giving him enough points to obviously beat Stanfield, who was who finished Ugh. ahead of him, thus giving wow. the uh, the championship to Alex Stanfield for the year. Wow, that's big. 54 points, the gap between uh, first and second. David will go more into that. We'll hit the cash as well. But you mentioned uh, John Burke coming to P5. Uh, David, the reason why he gets a second a second mes- a mention here in this particular part of the uh, the debrief, he's your hard charger. Yeah, another driver who had uh, a bit of an issue wasn't able to uh, actually make the start of the race. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, uh, but came to the grid late after the, the class had already uh, made its way onto the racetrack. Grid was closed, wasn't able to make the start of the race. Thus had to watch from the sidelines. So didn't have the extra 16 laps that everybody did in the main or in the pre-final, but still was able to drive his way uh, forward up into the uh, the fifth position. All right. Uh, money up for grabs in this one, too. How did it all shake down? Who ended up taking home the big cash? Uh, again, as the uh, the money is awarded, it's based on just the main event results. So that's what you consider when you take in the uh, in the cash draw or cash awards. Uh, the two winners finished one, two Max Opolsky ended up taking home, uh, the number one prize, which was $2,500 Alessandro de Turo taking home second with 1500 Alex Stanfield, $750 and then Brent Cruz, $500 check. And as we had said, Stanfield with a 54 point lead and the win and the title, uh, in the USPKS program over Cruz Opolsky, uh, with that great finish, uh, to the, to the weekend or the series rather ends up 157 points back. Uh, kudos to Alex Stanfield and, of course, Brandon Jarsakrak, our first two champions we've crowned here on the D. The debrief after this uh, uh, break again, back again with the Atlanta Motorsports Park Race Report, KA100 Senior, KA100 Junior, and X30 Masters up next. Wins in the sport's biggest races and championships in national and regional series all over the country, they're all on Nitro Kart's resume. The Nitro Kart has made its statement as the best, fastest, and winningest cadet chassis on the American market. The 2020 Nitro Cadet is even better. The kart features magnesium front and rear hubs, a floating sprocket hub, and a roller bearing steering column support with tow lock. The Nitro Kart Cadet is completed with mini Dynamica bodywork and Max Pappas' MPI steering wheel. If you want to win in Cadet, get a Nitro Kart and join our team. I am Nitro Kart mini driver and national champion Spencer Conrad. We just got our 2020 Cadet chassis just before Daytona this year, and I really like it a lot. I got my first victory with it in just the second time on track. I really like the MPI wheel and the new brake system. Plus, the bodywork is really cool. Come join the winningest cadet team on the market, Team Nitro. Race one or chase one. Acceleration Kart Racing is your first and only stop on the internet for carts, parts, and safety gear to get you on the track. ShopAKRA.com offers a great selection of karting equipment on a user-friendly website. 
Acceleration Kart Racing has aligned itself with many of the top manufacturers and distributors in the sport to ensure that all the latest equipment is available to you, the consumer. With customer support available six days a week, you can be confident about getting the right parts at the right price. Be sure to visit shopakr.com today or stop by their headquarters in Las Vegas. Also, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest specials, clearance items, and new products. Welcome back to the 71st edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. And again, today's broadcast uh, brought to you by MG Tires. Big thank you to MG for uh, being our presenting sponsor of the Debrief. David, let's uh, jump now back into the uh, race report brought to you by Atlanta Motorsports Park. KA100 Senior, biggest field, biggest field, I think, uh, on the weekend. And the headline, which I love, six different winners in six rounds. That that right there was the uh, really is the headline because we hadn't had uh, any other category on the year have that. So it's KA one hundred senior, the only division on the year to have six different winners in the six rounds of racing we had. It just goes to show you, and we we keep we keep promoting it over and over again. Just how great the KA one hundred racing really is. <clears throat> sorry, okay, I had to, sorry, it. I had to cough. <laughs> get, get some water, man. I I do, I do, I do. Uh, so again, uh, championship still on the line, not quite sure who was going to be able to, uh, to come out with two different rounds of going on. Uh, Brandon Lemke led the championship coming into the weekend, set fast time in qualifying. Really the weekend was about two drivers, him and Hayden Jones. Uh, they were able to, uh, excuse me, man, my, it's just bad. Uh, you're struggling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's coming back to this cold weather. I'm telling you, man, it's not good. We That's you it. Know, just got just got a text from Sean Beard. Probably nice and it's not warm in, in California, but it was warm in Cal, uh, Carolina. So I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, and I hate talking. You know that too. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hayden Jones. Yeah, as I said, Lemke and Hayden Jones were essentially the kind of the top two drivers uh, throughout Saturday. Uh, Lemke was uh, was quickest in qualifying. Hayden Jones ended up winning the prefinal. Main event, uh, Lemke kind of got shuffled back early on, but fought back up into the lead. Uh, AJ Myers, who was a, a two-time pro shifter cart champion in Scusa competition, uh, coming back to a USPKS competition, a former X30 pro champion as well, too. I believe he won the year before Lemke, uh, but he was running in the K100 senior category aboard the new Magic Cart. Uh, yeah. Myers was among the quickest all weekend as well, too. Just wasn't able to get uh, up front until towards the main event time, uh, Myers made a, uh, made a move on the last lap. Um, just kind of shuffled things up to get, uh, to get by Lemke as they went into the hairpin corner, they drifted wide. Jones kind of pulled the over under slipped past both of them on the exit of the hairpin. And then from there went on to, uh, to take the checkered flag for his first victory of the season in the category. Lemke ended up, uh, clawing his way back into the uh, the second position before the uh, the checkered flag. Hannah Greenemeyer uh, doing the double duty, again, making her first start at USPKS, uh, slipped by uh, Myers to end up in the third spot on the podium. Uh, hard charger and our fifth-place finisher, Polly Massimino. Uh, Polly was doing double duty, had an issue in uh, qualifying, sat out the prefinal, so came out uh, 42nd, on the grid for the main event and drove his way all the way up 
into the fifth position. So uh, amazing drive by uh, Massimino to uh, to end up on the top five. Let me give you a hand here, David, with some of the heavy lifting Thanks. here. I'll, uh, if it's if, it, if it's not if it, if it doesn't need any insight on the track, I'll try to help you out here. Yeah, uh, thanks, in the Rob. In, in the, I'm trying to help you out, and you get snarky with me. <laughs> wow, have a Snickers. I do. Uh, Lemke Lemke with the points lead after Saturday about 153 over Arias Duke Meggie and Hayden Jones right there at 199 close to Duke Meggie and Lemke of course with a pretty good position in the points heading into the the sixth round of the series uh, out of the gate though David on Sunday Hayden Jones ends up going on the pole and qualifying but Lemke coming back and getting those big points in the pre-final as well probably giving him a little a little bit of breathing room knowing that he was able to steal those pre-final points away from everybody else trying to chase him in the championship. Yeah, essentially the, the championship was his, unless he had a uh, catastrophic failure in the main event. Uh, the championship was his. So it essentially boiled down to uh, going out for the uh, the race victory. And again, another great battle. You know, we had multiple leaders throughout the race. Uh, Massimino was there. Lemke was there. Bertignoli led at one time. Greenemeyer led. Uh, it was just kind of all different drivers. It ended up being Arizugmejian leading at the white flag until Massimino was able to drive down the back straightaway and steal the lead from him uh, as they made their way through the bull corner. Uh, Massimino held on through the hairpin and the double rights and the final corner to be able to reach the checkered flag. Uh, Lemke ended up winning the battle for second behind him uh, with Alex Bertignoli coming through in third. Greenemeyer ended up fourth with Nathan Cicero ended up in the, uh, the fifth position. I want to say Dugmejian slipped. Yeah, Dugmejian slipped all the way to seventh with uh, Hayden Jones sliding through in the sixth position. All right. Let me set this up for you, David. Hard charger Mike McAndrews, a 34th was the start, able to work his way up to 13th position. Can you give us some insight on, on uh, McAndrews' move forward? Uh, no, I can't. I didn't really, uh, until I wrote who the hard charger was, I wasn't quite sure go. what happened again. There's, well, it sounds like you're, it sounds like you're watching all the battling up front back and forth. Assen- and back and forth. I mean, that's essentially what you're doing when you're seeing multiple lead changes, lap after lap after lap. Uh, McAndrews, uh, shows here as no completed laps in the pre-final. I'm not sure if he was involved in an opening lap wreck. Uh, again, not, uh, so I, I apologize for not knowing exactly what happened to him in the pre-final, but again, I didn't know he was hard charger until I wrote the script. <laughs> well, <laughs> nicely done. Uh, Brandon Lemke folks ends up winning the championship 214 points over Arias Duke Medjian. much closer battle for second. Hayden Jones ends up just 20 points back in third, Alex Bertignoli in fourth and a Blake hunt in the fifth spot. We'll move now to the KA 100 junior category and I'll kind of get things started. Let David have a breather here. The headline Cruz earns second straight title. So obviously battling for the championship in X30 uh, Junior, but uh, battles his way and wins the second straight title in KA100. Uh, David, on Saturday, uh, Cameron Weinberg on the Tony card ends up qualifying P1, but Mateo Rubio Luengo, the driver who works his way to the front, in really both the pre-final and the final, you can tell us kind of how things shook down in that category. Yeah, the Super Tune drivers were really quick, uh, ironically, all using Comet Racing Engine Power, uh, something that uh, they've been doing all season long in the K100 division. Uh, so a kind of Super Tune Comet uh, relationship there. Uh, Weinberg moving over to uh, Super Tune just recently uh, certainly was quick. Uh, it Again, it, it was it kind of weird because the teammates don't work together, but yet they're out on track together at the same time. 
just something I always questioned as, as the race was, was going on and, uh, and kind of watching what was going on, uh, with the category. But, uh, John Burke was actually up there as well. So you had three of the super tune drivers together towards the front. Uh, Burke though ended up recording a DNF with what I believe was a, a broken chain. So, uh, but out front, uh, in the main event, uh, Mateo uh, Rubio Luengo and Christian Miles were able to kind of get away. Miles essentially locked his front bumper on the back of Mateo Rubio Luengo's, uh, and they were able to uh, to kind of get away. It ended up. It looked like Miles was just kind of setting up uh, for the a final lap, but uh, Mateo was super strong in the final laps and was able to kind of pull away to nearly a two second advantage by the time they reached the checkered flag. Uh, Cameron Weinberg ended up finishing in the third position, winning that battle just ahead of Brent Cruz with Aiden Levy, a uh, local driver from the GoPro Motorplex, uh, finishing in the fifth position. Obviously a strong finish for Brent Cruz, not up front, not on the podium, but P4 still enough to give him a 59-point advantage heading into Sunday. Before we jump into Sunday, David, let's talk about the hard charger in KA100 Junior on Saturday. Dalton Haynes on the Tony cart coming from 31st up to 11th. Yeah, another uh, GoPro Motorplex local. Uh, cer- certainly showed how quick he was on Saturday, making the uh, the hard charger move coming up from uh, um, sorry, 31st to 11th, but, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about him on Sunday. All right. So let's go into Sunday. Uh, Cameron Weinberg, we talked and David, you talked about how quick he was on the Tony car qualifies on pole on Saturday, does the same thing on Sunday and then ends up winning the pre-final as well. So obviously he's got pace and, uh, and the ability to, to, to show it on the racetrack. Talk a little bit about how the main event rolled in six drivers. You're saying, running up front. Yeah, it was about six drivers, a little bit more early on. Uh, Again, a lot of shuffling was taking place up front. Uh, Among those that were shuffled back was John Burke. John Burke got shuffled back uh, to, I believe, six. I think he was helped pushed up by by Dalton Haynes at one point. So Dalton Haynes was among one of those, uh, the quick drivers that was kind of in the top six pack. Excuse me. Uh, And they were able to uh, kind of get themselves back in, in the hunt for the lead. Because again, unlike what we saw on Saturday, guys were kind of shuffling up, even though they were, they had a good advantage up front. Uh, we had, you know, I want to say anywhere between six to 10 different lead changes alone, uh, throughout the main events, but, uh, up front, uh, uh, Burke was able to kind of get his way back to the, to the group and then took advantage of them shuffling and was able to come through and take the lead, uh, as they were coming up to the white flag, and then again, uh, unable to uh, to get uh, overtaken, and uh, came across as the uh, as the provisional winner um, uh, for the, for the race win, but a uh, a two position penalty for contact dropped him two positions. Thus, that so, so okay, so yeah, Burke gets dropped this down one's, to third on the race. This, <laughs> this one's going to be a little bit to uh, we got to take it take it nice and easy and, and go slow with right. with the with everything. So okay, go for it. So yes, us, this, John Burke crossed the line down. as the provisional winner. That was it. Okay. Was assessed two position penalty for contact on the racetrack. That dropped him down to the third position and moved Cameron. Oh, which one was it again? Sorry, want to get it right? Yep, Cameron Weinberg to the provisional lead or provisional win. Cameron Weinberg then in tech is removed from the results for something in tech. Thus that promotes Christian miles up to the top of the podium 
for what is his first victory in the category. That okay. then moves John Burke up into the second spot again, and then Brent Cruz finishing in third. Um, as I said, um, Dalton uh, Dalton Haynes was up there. It was actually provisional uh, in the sixth position, but received four position for pushback bumper. Uh, Thomas Anunziata thus ends up in fourth, Aiden Levy in fifth, and it was just a completely complicated finish to what was, uh, you know, a pretty crazy race. Well, the bottom line is this Brent Cruz on the strength of a fourth on Saturday and a third on Sunday ends up with a 47 point advantage over Christian miles to win the championship in the KA 100 junior category. Weston workman back by 104 points. Aiden Levy ends up in fourth and Thomas and in fifth overall in the points, a uh, hard charger for this one here. Very similar to what we saw at a Dalton Haynes, 31st to 11th, 30th to 12th for Braden Robertson in 18 point move forward on Sunday's main event. Yeah. Some of it is, is positions on track. Some of it is pushback bumpers. Yeah. There was, I think nine drivers with pushback bumper penalties. Wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's pretty aggressive. All right. Let's, uh, David, have another drink of water. Uh, let's set things up here in the X30 Masters category. The headline cop becomes fifth different title winner, which is fantastic for the X30 Masters class. One of the cool things coming in, though, is obviously the participation of a professional driver and, uh, of course, IndyCar race steward as well, Max Pappas. Uh, Max, David, out of the gate was obviously a, he likes you and I talked about this in the outlap preview podcast. He loves coming to race GoPro does get a chance to run on it on a regular basis. Uh, the track is a replica of Sarno, which was his fame favorite track as a kid. Parma. Uh, a Parma, pardon me. Uh, favorite, favorite track as a kid. He qualifies on the pole, wins the pre-final and wins the main event. I'm not going to say how living shook down. You can give us a more, more, uh, in-depth, you know, overview yeah, of the race. Was, the bottom line is he tops all three sessions on Saturday. Was essentially the fastest driver all Saturday. Uh, Roberts gave him a little bit of a challenge uh, in the, I believe, the opening lap of the final, but uh, a mechanical issue for Roberts put him on the sideline on lap two. Th- then from there, Pappas essentially ran away with the victory. Uh, David Galloina, last year's champion, ended up uh, driving to second, jumping up ahead of uh, point leader Scott Kopp in third. Uh, Sean Owens, who we talked about in the outlap, making his return behind the wheel, was uh, in the fourth position, but uh, ended up getting a pushback bumper penalty that took him out of the top five, moving Rob Mayer up into the fourth position in his uh, RPG Cosmic with Scott Carboletti into the uh, fifth position. Hard charger, Alex Mueller, 19th to 7th. Any insight on that? Yeah, uh, a GoPro regular who followed the series all year long has kind of been uh, among the quick drivers, just not able to kind of get himself up onto the podium. So, uh, an issue in the prefinal put him at the end of the, uh, the main event grid, uh, and a good drive for him, uh, all the way up into the, uh, seventh position. Now, I apologize. I don't know the breakdown of how many points are actually on offer each day in the Masters category, but Scott Kopp with a 250-point lead over Scott Roberts going into Sunday. Had he already clinched it at that point? It was, well, essentially because there's a minimum of 260 points available with 10 for qualifying, uh, winning your prefinals 50, 200 for winning, and then you add on the amount of entries onto that. So uh, mathematically, the, the, uh, the championship was not clinched going into okay. Sunday. 
All right, so Sunday, Max Pappas keeps it rolling. Ends up qualifying on pole again, uh, pre-final as well. But uh, what happened, David, in the, in the main event that kept Max from, from sweeping the weekend? Yeah, Pappas was right there uh, looking for a second victory on the weekend. But on lap five, uh, coming through the uh, the tight left-hander that has the, uh, the major rumble strips and jump, uh, chucked a chain, broken chain, and thus coasted uh. to a stop. Uh, he wasn't the only one. Another driver later on in the race did exactly the same spot. And then uh, coming out of the hairpin, Sean Owens, who was running in the fourth position, uh, had a chain break on him as well. So ironically, a lot of chains uh, breaking on the weekend uh, throughout uh, throughout the different categories, not just in this category, but uh, many of the others that uh, were on track. But uh, is that is that not the worst sound? As a driver to hear in car, <laughs> it is, and I noticed a lot of a lot of people weren't running the chain guards that uh, we saw at Road America. So I'm not quite sure uh, if uh, maybe that needs to be more of a, a common use, uh, especially when you have uh, you know the dragon teeth that GoPro Motorplex does have. Yeah. All right, David. Uh, in uh, so out front, yeah. So trouble, yeah. So yeah. out front uh, with Pappas gone, uh, Scott Roberts, who uh, was able to uh, overcome the mechanical issues from Saturday was uh, essentially running up front. Uh, it was it was essentially between him and Scott Cop for the victory. Cop was kind of just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Finally made his move, got to the lead, and then for some reason didn't quite get through the double right-handers as well as he had been getting. Kind of essentially opened up the door for Roberts to come through. Roberts dove to the inside, made the move, took over the lead, and then took the checkered flag for the provisional victory. Unfortunately, a pushback bumper penalty for Roberts moved him from first on the podium to the third position, thus giving Scott Kopp his fourth victory of the season. Ouch, ouch. Uh, Ends up being a 277-point win for Scott Kopp to be uh, the fifth different title winner. We'll come back to that in a second. Uh, David, one of the big movers, obviously the hard charger on Sunday. You talked about him getting into the top five. Trevor Adams on the Tony Kart, 17th up into the top five. Yeah, Adams had uh, a broken chain on Saturday. He was one of the victims of that. Uh, and I believe uh, the similar situation in the pre-final, thus putting him in at the back. Started 17th, got up to 5th, finishing in the 5th spot behind uh, Paul Mon- Mon- uh, Montopoli. Montopoli, thank you. Uh, in the comp cart, who, uh, who was able to drive to uh, the 4th vi- position. Uh, again, some pushback bumper penalties. Alex Mueller, Danny Robertson, uh, that that allowed uh, Paul Montopoli to uh, to move up into fourth and then Adams to the uh, the fifth position. Again, so Scott Kopp with the championship, a great season for Scott. Uh, Scott Roberts ends up 277 points back. Galloina, 328 back. Mueller and Christian Vomir rounding out the top five in the championship standings for X30 Masters. All right, one more, actually two more breaks. This one here, uh, and we'll get, it, get back here and cap things off for the race report. Mini Swift and Micro Swift up next. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsports, karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered. 
2020 season brings a new homologation period, featuring new names for the same superior products. Whether it's the medium SH Red, the soft SM Yellow, the super soft green SS, or the intermediate white IZ, MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock. Indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution for long-lasting and the best performance, with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires, for the drivers. In karting, it's important to be supported by the right people. With over 40 years of experience in the sport, Trinity Karting Group has everything you need to make your program successful. We do it all, and we do it right. Trackside support and arrive and drive programs at many of karting's biggest East Coast events, full product sales and service, and professional coaching from our experienced staff. Trinity Karting Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. We're also your Midwest home for Tony Kart and IAMI, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. Tony Kart quality cannot be beat, so call us today to put you in a new chassis for your next event. In 2020, we'll be racing and providing arrive and drive programs for the full Supercarts USA Pro Tour and the Great Lakes Pro Kart Challenge, the WK's Car Week in Daytona, and exciting events like the USAC Battle at the Brickyard and the Rock Island Grand Prix. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service and a racing experience second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode 71 of the EKN Debrief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole as he provides us with all the review of the action at the U.S. SPKS finale at GoPro Motorplex. This race report brought to you by Atlanta Motorsports Park. David, let's move into the mini swift category. I'll get things underway for you. The headline, Garcia claims championship off four win streak. Getting things rolling on Saturday, though. Mateus Arjuela on the Paraland, David. Seems like he was a quick guy out of the gate, qualified on pole, and won the pre-final. He certainly was. Was uh going into the weekend as one of the championship contenders. And so he needed to do what he could do to, uh, to be able to cut into uh, the lead that Max Garcia had. So earning the, the 10, 10 point bonus in qualifying and winning the prefinal certainly did that. But obviously the main events are where, uh, where you earn your keep. And uh, there it was Garcia that, that was able to score the victory. Uh, he and Spencer Conrad, Conrad were able to, uh, to break away from the field Looked like Conrad again was kind of setting Garcia up for uh, for to take the victory. Took over the lead, but Garcia worked by him back in the hairpin on the final lap, and then held on to uh, to cross the line first and score his third straight victory uh, on Saturday. Uh, Conrad ended up finishing in the second spot. Mateus uh, in the third position. So good points day, but still again not quite enough to uh, 
to be able to cut into uh, the lead that Garcia had. Uh, Parker DeLong in fourth, and then Davis Cunningham out of Texas in the fifth position. Yeah, and DeLong, P4, also your hard charger, David. Started 27th and stormed his way back up to fourth. Yeah, broken chain in the prefinal, put him back to uh, 27th. <laughs> so again, that was... You've said that more than once. It was, uh, it was a common theme. Yeah, apparently. Wow. Uh, okay, so things not done at all in the points. Garcia, Max Garcia with a 24-point lead over Mateus Arjuela. Uh, and Cameron Brinkman not out of it yet either at 171 points coming into Sunday. Uh, Spencer Conrad out of the gate, David, though, qualifies on pole. And then again, you talked about guys kind of stepping up and getting things done. Uh, Garcia wins the prefinal. And, and yeah, the thing's still up for grabs going into the main event. But for Garcia to get that little bit more cushion right in the prefinal just gave him probably a little more breathing room when it came to the main event. Yeah, it certainly gave him breathing room. Uh, you know, not quite enough yet to... Uh, to consi- to call him the champion, obviously, because yeah. uh, you know a catastrophic end uh, to his race would have uh, certainly gave the the title to Mateus. Uh, so Garcia ha- still had to go out and do the best he could he could in the uh, in the race. Um, this one was ended up being a a three driver fight early on with uh, Garcia, uh, Conrad, and Parker DeLong running nose to tail. Uh, their shuffling allowed for three drivers to close in, including <laughs> Cameron Brinkman, Cooper Shipman, and um, and uh, uh, Mateus Orwella. So those three were able to come in, make it a six-driver fight uh, in the final few laps. But Garcia, again, super strong uh, in the final lap, was able to uh, secure the lead again, taking it back from, I believe, was Conrad. Uh, very similar to what happened on Saturday. Uh, kind of, you know, a s- duplicate of w- of what we saw in in the in the last lap yesterday or Saturday, uh, and then Conrad or uh, Garcia was able to uh, to hold off a final charge at the line, uh, winning the fourth main event of the year, fourth straight that is by yeah. forty six thousandths of a second at the line. Always impressive to see a driver able to kind of take control and then really manage that lead. It's one thing I talk about all the time about kids coming up through the ranks, whether it's karting or cars. You want to see a driver get into a championship position and then be able to actually really manage that championship through to the end. So kudos to Max Garcia there. 90 points was the advantage in the championship over Mateus Arjuela. Uh, Brickman, DeLong, and Shipman finishing third, fourth, and fifth. David, one more little note here for the uh, uh, the Mike Mini Swift class Rather, the hard charger starting back in the 30th position, working all the way up to ninth, 21 position improvement for Ben Mayer. Yeah, great drive by Ben. Ben was, uh, you know, uh, a quick driver early on in the weekend, but uh, didn't quite get the results he wanted to, but uh, ended up the uh, ended out the year with a, a great hard charge in uh, in Sunday's main event. All right, let's cap off this race report brought to you by Atlanta Motorsports Park with Micro Swift and the headline. Jaeger doubles on weekend. Uh, out of the gate uh, on Saturday, Carson Weinberg on the Nitro Kart qualifies on pole, but Cade Jaeger, another Nitro Kart driver, David, wins the pre-final, start of the pole for the main event to kind of set things up for his shot at taking a win. Exactly. Uh, Weinberg and Jaeger were right there. Uh, Jack Iliff, championship leader and two-time winner, uh, essentially were the lead group uh, for the main event. Uh, those three continued to go back and forth a little bit, especially on the final circuit. Uh, Jaeger was able to uh, to take the lead. Uh, and then as they came to the line, ended up being a photo finish with uh, Weinberg drafting outside, trying to take the victory away, but uh, ended up coming three uh, 30 thousandths of a second short at the line, giving Cade Jaeger his second victory of the year. 
Jack Iliff sitting right there in third. So a good points day for Jack, uh, obviously being right there behind Weinberg as they came into the weekend uh, one, two in the championship. Vivek Canthan, another driver we continue to uh, to see throughout the year do well, uh, standing uh, finishing in fourth with uh, Gia Matteo Russo uh, in the Nitro Kart finishing fifth. Yeah, Nitro Kart drivers having a pretty good run there on the opening day. Uh, Vivek Canthan, David, as you said, hard charger, 23rd up to the fourth position. And in the points, heading to Sunday, Jack Iliff with the lead of 53 over Carson Weinberg. Vivek Canthan back by 120, of course, still in the championship fight as well. But again, David, come Sunday, uh, Kay Jagger out of the gate again, qualifies on pole. But this time, Isaac Malkit on the Cart Republic winning in, in the prefinal. Yeah, a little bit of contact in the prefinal kind of shuffled things up a little bit, allowed uh, Isaac Malkut to uh, to go away and score uh, a commanding prefinal victory. Uh, Malkut was able to get away by himself in the main event, which was kind of shocking. You don't typically see that in the micro swift division, but had a pretty good lead going on uh, throughout much of the race until late in the going. Uh, a lar- the group of uh, drivers second and back were able to to kind of essentially run him down lap after lap uh, until they got uh, towards the uh, towards the end of the race. Um, I left took the lead on the final circuit. Uh, he led going into the hairpin until he was hit from behind right at the apex by Asher Osteen, essentially sending both of those drivers sideways. So it was kind of almost like watching drifting where you see two carts <laughs> sliding through a corner. Uh, it was pretty wild. The whole, I mean, the entire crowd, uh, along the fence was just ooing and eyeing over the contact. Essentially that allowed Cade Yager to kind of slip through all that to, uh, to take the lead and then held on, uh, at the finish line by 80 thousandths of a second over Malcut for his third victory of the season. Wow. Uh, Jack Isle coming home in third. Max Christia in fourth on the Magic chassis, uh, as you've got noted down here, David. And again, Carson Weinberg capping off the top five. Uh, Christia on the Magic. That's interesting. That, that, that's a new move. I think he was on the Parallel at the Scusa Summer Nationals. Yeah, it was his uh, debut weekend with uh, the Magic Heart. So got to work with AJ Myers and uh, Andrew Budozo directly. Uh, so certainly made some great improvements for uh, for the young driver. Nice. Uh, hard charger. We mentioned that uh, Carson Weinberg coming up to P5, but David started all the way back in the ninth position. Yeah, was among one of those uh, in the prefinal that was involved in contact. He actually hit uh, Keelan Harvick, who was making his uh, USPKS debut. Uh, Harvick was a quick driver in happy hour on Friday, but didn't quite uh, translate that into uh, a strong results on the weekend uh, in uh, both Saturday and Sunday did end up finishing in the, uh, in the sixth spot on Saturday in the main event. Uh, and then I want to say just inside the top 10 of the, of the main event on Sunday, uh, just outside actually 14th, uh, on Saturday, but it was, it was, it was interesting to see because it was, it was kind of a interesting hit and it looked like Weinberg was, was disgusted with himself for hitting his teammate. Uh, oh, no. so, I mean, he was just, <laughs> okay. you know, you see the antics that, that some of these kids put on and it was, uh, it yeah. was quite a show that Weinberg put on. <laughs> All right. Well, Jack Isla ends up winning the championship. He has uh, really done well for himself in this micro category. Uh, a number of championships on that resume. We look forward to seeing his move up into the mini categories. Carson Weinberg, 107 points back second, the runner up in the championship. Uh, Jaeger on the a strength of three wins, as David had mentioned, 204 back Asher Osteen. 
and Vivek Canthan rounding out the top five at DQ in round number six for Canthan drops him down. Yeah. In fifth. Any in, in, yeah, interest or uh, info on that, Dave? There, there's a video on Facebook about it. Um, Canthan was actually a, uh, a DNS, uh, got contact during the pace lap. I'm not quite sure who he got into contact with. But he let that driver know who was number one a couple of times. And oh, uh, okay, that was I saw that the right, uh, the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty required a disqualification for the race. Thus, kind of you know, again, he, if he had finished last place points, might have ended up in the fourth position, but uh, dropped to uh, fifth in the championship chase. Okay, folks, final break in this edition of the debrief. We'll come back. David will wrap things up. We'll have a look at the Constructors' Championship, and we'll give you, really, uh, a look at 2021 as we uh, have a a little look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar. Stay with us. We'll wrap things up after this break. In racing, experience is priceless. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience, and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing. With a large online product selection, select track support events, and a wide variety of shop services, Franklin Motorsports is your complete karting source. Check out our online store at franklincart.com, where all our products are just a mouse click away. We ship daily to ensure that you get your order as quickly as possible and we are constantly adding new products to our online store. We specialize in IME engines, tillet seats, ceramic product line, OTK products, Briggs and Stratton engines, and of course, our championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fit your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to Innovative Engine Works by FMS our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, The CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter cart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs & Stratton focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the Mini Hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to cartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. Welcome back to episode 71 of the EKN Debrief, what will be the last debrief of the 2020 season. We'll talk more about that when we cap off the show. Uh, Rob Howden alongside David Cole. All right, DC, let's wrap things up here right now. Your final thoughts on the finale of the USPKS at GoPro. Again, you know, it's the largest uh, event in the eight-year history of the USPKS and to uh, end the eighth year with record numbers in both the finale and the opening event of the year uh, in what is uh, one of the strangest uh, years our generation has ever yeah. uh, experienced. Uh, certainly uh, is the highlight of the year. Um, you know, we can, hopefully we'll carry that momentum into uh, what, what could be a good 2021 season. 
uh, expanding the uh, the program to four races again for the first time since 2017. So uh, that's going to be the question going into next year: if record numbers are going to continue, if we're going to continue to see uh, an increase in uh, in field size for the uh, yeah. for what should be the same seven categories we have for next year. True enough. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. and then again, Sunday evening at the end of the day, we had uh, the championship prize ceremony. Um, the USPKS requires the driver to be uh, in attendance to to receive prizes. We saw. Uh, probably a handful of drivers not show up. So, uh, so those drivers were unable to, uh, to take home their prize or have an opportunity to select a prize. Um, one of the prizes that were offered in senior X30 pro, sorry, X30 pro X30 masters X30 junior and mini swift were the IAMI international final tickets for 2021. Um, the only two drivers to take the tickets were, uh, Alex Stanfield in X30 junior and, Max Garcia in the mini swift. Uh, again, no driver took one in senior or masters. So, uh, those tickets will probably be wild cards for the 2021 season. We'll see what, uh, okay. I am a USA East does with that. But, uh, again, I am parts given out new engines, uh, new MG tires, a number of, uh, other prizes given out to all top five finishers, uh, in the championship along with, um, drivers able to, uh, to select the 2021, uh, USPKS Winter Circle Program, which is again three entries and tires for the entire 2021 season. Nice. All right, let's look at the constructors' championship, David. Uh, what do we got? Seven different manufacturers, seven different brands winning on the weekend. Yeah, seven different brands winning in the seven different categories over the uh, 14 main events. So uh, Tony Cart led the way, uh, earning five victories. Will Power Cart with Max Garcia earning two in the Mini Swift category. Uh, Cade Jagger winning two races for Nitro Kart. Uh, Brandon Jarzakrak winning two races for the Cosmic brand. Perilin, Kart Republic, and Xpre each won one victory. All right, let's wrap this edition up here, folks. The Ecan Tracks Live Live race calendar brought to you by Briggs & Stratton. Briggs & Stratton is powering Operation Grassroots around the world. No other engine manufacturer is getting new and returning drivers to the kart track like the Briggs 206. The out-of-the-box performance of the Briggs 206 provides the most fun, excitement, and reliability of any karting engine on the global market. Learn more about the 206 engine and the history behind Briggs & Stratton's century-long commitment to motorsports at www.briggsracing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? All right, David, we're essentially moving our focus into the 2021 season. Of course, the Ecan Trackside Live Tour brought to you by Cooper Tires is done now for the 2020 season. You capped things off. We didn't get to go to as many races as we wanted. But you and I, I know it's a long way away still, but you and I are already starting to eye things forward. Uh, two races in January, a couple races in February. We're going, our next one's January 8th, 9th, and 10th, the Supercarts USA Winter Series at AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. We'll be getting out of the cold and into the Florida sunshine. Yeah, I hope it's warm down there. Um, <clears throat> something uh, I haven't been able to experience in January or February is warm Florida weather. So we'll see if uh, we'll change that this year. Uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, 2021. Obviously, the winter months are going to be busy. As you said, uh, we're going to be at two events in January, uh, opening it up with the uh, the homestead opening homestead race for Scusa Winter Series. Uh, and then we'll head west out to uh, our good friend, Challenge in the Americas. Um, January 22nd through the 24th, uh, starting the season out at the Cal Speed Karting Facility in Fontana, California. 
So uh, the, uh, let me see, I think it's the 14th season. 14th season uh, for Challenge, uh, starting it off, of course. 142 entries was their record last year at Cal Speed. Remember, they, they essentially capped the season at Cal Speed last year because they weren't able to do the finale with the shutdown of, of the, you know, with, with the COVID pandemic. So they're going to start the season at Fontana. Then we go to Phoenix, and then we'll cap things off at Sonoma at the end of March. So, yeah, we're looking forward to getting back out with Andy Saisman and the whole crew there at the Challenge back at Fontana. It'll be, you know what, David, it'll be your first in and out burger of 2021. Oh man, you had to, I just forgotten about that. Now I got to crave it. Oh. Well, listen, you had Waffle House more than once down in I the did. Canada. I had it twice. Uh, I'm paying for it because of my arteries are clogged. Uh Yeah, you feel a little slow, a little sluggish today? <laughs> well, more so yesterday than today, but yeah, certainly needed to so, uh to get some walking in, but uh yeah, in and out burger. Um I was actually talking to Tim Pappas. He's excited. Because he has family in Colorado, Denver area, getting their first In-N-Out burger. Wow, that's fantastic. All right, so folks, to cap off this edition <laughs> of the EKN Trackside Live Race Calendar, two races in January, two in February. We go Scusa Winter Series round one and two. We go Challenge of the Americas at Cal Speed on January the 22nd and 24th. A couple weeks later, Scusa Winter Series round three and four at AMR Motorplex. Back, I love going to Homestead. Love that racetrack, and, and the, it's always fun to watch. And then again, Middle of February, we head to the challenge again and uh, at Phoenix in Phoenix. Yep, yeah. At the end of February. Yep. At the end of February. Exactly. We'll stop it at that. We are getting set to go 2021. We're going to be at a lot of races next year. Looking forward to it. And I will take the opportunity to thank Cooper Tires for being with us again. I think it's their third year uh, that they've been with us as the presenting sponsor of our EKN Trackside Live Tour. So always a pleasure. I get, I get a chance to work with the good folks at Cooper Tire on the road to Indy and to be able to have them as part of what we do at eCarding News means a, a lot to me as well. But but David, you capped things off. You were part of the U- USPKS throughout the entire season. You and Tim Coyne up in the, up in the, uh, the P- PA booth, whatever it may be. Uh, what a fantastic end of the season. And again, the exclamation point, right? You cap off the season with record numbers, all that momentum heading to 2021. Yeah, thank you to Tim for uh, providing the voice of the USPKS and Allie Long for putting up with both of us <laughs> in the, as she is the uh, lead scorekeeper. Uh, yeah, and thanks to Mark Coates and everybody at the USPKS program for, uh, again, an eighth year. And we, you know, aside from one race, we've been to every single one. So uh, it's, been, uh, it's been fun. It's been a privilege. And it's uh, great to see uh, the growth and development that the program has had over the eight, eight years that it's done. Yeah, shout out to everyone involved in the USPKS for doing what they've done. They've developed an amazing program, which will uh, expand to four races in 2021, the finale yet to be determined. Thank you so much, folks, for tuning in uh, to this edition of the EKN Debrief. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.